and peace be with you. Um, we are going to have Ed come up here in a minute to um, do our uh, uh, announcements, but um, off of camera, I wanted to bring something up. Um, that's off, right? Um, that just came. Are you started, David? That's a thumbs up. Uh, I'm here uh, because uh, one of our council members was not able to be here. He's not feeling very well. Uh, and uh, when I found out about that, I asked the pastor if I could do the announcements because one of the things we talked about at council yesterday was um, reaching out to homebound members. At the back there in the narthex, there's a sheet. And there's a list, one, two, three, four, five, six, about eight or nine people. I'm sure they would like to get a card or hear from you. Most of them have their phone numbers on here. Um, I've been doing it, but I've been neglectful lately. And this is just a good reminder that uh, everyone uh, likes to be touched or be heard from uh, and talk with people. So. I would ask that you consider doing that. Um, the other thing on there are uh, announcements here is, of course, we got the big red coming at the end of the month, Reformation Sunday. Get your red clothes ready. We also have, uh, that's an upcoming event. Uh, we also have missions for uh, this month, Victory Outreach, to help with the Harvest Festival that's coming up on October 31st. You can donate money, candy, whatever. They'll take whatever you can give them. They'd appreciate it. Uh, the other thing uh, I wanted to talk about is that we've got some beautiful flowers again on our altar that were given by Daryl and Louie for a good harvest. I look around, boy, do we need a good harvest. We need people to be contacted here and contacted and invited here. So consider that, and also for anniversaries. I'm not sure if it's Daryl and Louie's anniversary, but just for anniversaries in general. Um, so that's what I think I have to talk about. And let me double check one more thing. You're always welcome at the console. We had a nice meeting uh, yesterday. And uh, again, the next meeting is not going to be the first Saturday of the month. I mean, it's going to be the first Saturday of the month, not the second. So November 5th, if you would like to come, please come. So I think I've covered the bases unless I've missed something. Pastor, did I miss anything? Thank you. Love 
Will you please stand if you're able? We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done, and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for you. And for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house, And for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen.
This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation. Blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, you show mercy to your people in all of their, pro their troubles. Grant us always to recognize your goodness Give thanks for your compassion and praise your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning, and peace be with you. I understand that uh, women just finished the book of Ruth, and from speaking with my wife, uh, she was telling me about all the incredible things that they discussed, and a lot of the things they discussed in this uh, Bible study. Um, I recommend uh, the pastor's classes for the women and for the men. First reading taken from the book of Ruth, chapter 1 verse 1 through 19. Uh, from little on, when I read this, I knew that she was a young woman and a Moabite, and that um, she uh, was very faithful and obedient. And as a result of that, uh, she, she, of course, went with her mother-in-law and went to uh, the area where uh, the Jews were uh, working the fields, and she worked uh, uh, very, very hard to uh, provide for her mother-in-law after she had lost the men in the family. Verse 1. In the days when the judges, judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So the man, a man from Bethlehem and Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech. His wife was Naomi. And the names of the, his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephratites 
from Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to Moab and lived there. Now, Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died when she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about 10 years, both Milan and Kilion also died. And Naomi was left with her two sons and her husband. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughter-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on a road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her daughters-in-law, go back, each of you, to your mother's homes. May the Lord show you kindness as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them goodbye and they wept aloud and they said to her, we will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, return home my daughters, why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could bear, who could become your husbands? Return home my daughters, I'm too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait till they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters, it's more, it's more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. At this they wept aloud, then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth, Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods, go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them, and the woman explained, can this be Naomi? In Psalms, uh, you can follow in your bulletins with me. Um, it's uh, the word consul showed up in the verse one. I was in the council meeting yesterday. And I, uh, reading this, I realized that, wow. Um, I'm so thankful that in our bulletin, we have a list of people to pray for. And the council members are on that list. So to the bottom of my heart, I thank so many of you for praying for us to give you wisdom and we appreciate all your steadfast prayers. So beginning with verse one, I will extol the Lord with all my heart in the counsel of the upright and in the assembly. Great are the works of the Lord, they are pondered by all who delight in them. Glorious and majestic are his deeds and his righteousness endures forever. 
has caused his word to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. He has shown his people power of his works, giving them the lands of other nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever, enacted in fillness and uprightness. He provided redemption for his people. He ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. Here with the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Precepts have good understanding. Yeah. Next, uh, chapter 2, verse 1 through 13, is the second book of Timothy's we'll be reading. And uh, Paul was encouraging Timothy to proclaim the message of God's grace, emphasizing the basic truths that grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. But it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Second Timothy. You and you then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I am saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all this. Remember, Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David, this is my gospel for which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Here is a trustworthy saying. If we died with him, we also live with him. If we endure, we also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Here ends the reading. This is the word, the word of the Lord.
Alleluia. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from the 17th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning is from Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19, and can be found on page 1626 of your pew Bible. Luke records, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him, And they stood at a distance, and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. And he threw himself at Jesus' feet, and he thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Because nothing good comes from any other source. At first glance, there may not seem to be a lot in common between the Old Testament reading and the gospel for today. The Old Testament reading deals with the tragedies that struck a woman named Naomi, and how her daughter-in-law, Ruth, remained faithful, astoundingly faithful to her mother-in-law. And the gospel tells about ten lepers who asked Jesus for healing, and then they received healing. So what could possibly be the common thread woven between these two stories? Well, let me tell you. The Old Testament reading and the gospel for today both deal with outcasts. Outcasts, those are people that don't fit in. They don't fit our expectations. Outcasts are people who make us feel uncomfortable, maybe even frightened. 
They might be mean, loud, rude, or obnoxious. And they might even smell. Whatever it might be, there is something about an outcast that makes us want to forget that they too are one of God's creations and wholly loved by him. It is pretty easy to see that the lepers of the gospel are outcasts. But where is the outcast in the book of Ruth? Well, in his last sermon, before he died, Moses said this. This is Deuteronomy 23. He said, No Ammonite, no Moabite, may enter the assembly of the Lord. Even to the tenth generation, none of them may enter the assembly of the Lord forever, because they did not meet you with bread and with water on the way when you came out of Egypt, and because they hired against you Balaam the son of Beor from Pethor of Mesopotamia to curse you. And today's Old Testament reading tells us that Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died. And she was left with her two sons. And these two sons took Moabite wives. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other was Ruth. And Ruth was a Moabitess. And according to Moses, Ruth would never, ever be allowed to join the assembly of the Lord. Not only was Ruth from Moab, but Ruth was a lady. She was a woman. And the culture of the Old Testament was, was patriarchal. And we know that in this type of a, of a patriarchal system, men ran things, and women had very few rights. So Ruth really had two strikes against her. She was a foreigner, a Moabitess, and she was a woman. She was a true outcast coming to Jerusalem where she had made the promise, your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. The book of Ruth is a wonderful story, as the ladies will recall from our study that just finished Ruth last week. And it's a story about how God provided a redeemer for his outcast. And the love story between Ruth and Boaz wonderfully foreshadows the relationship between Christ and his bride, the church. And Ruth became the great-grandmother of King David and a distant ancestor to Jesus the Christ. Now, as to the outcasts in today's gospel, as I said before, they are very obvious 
And perhaps there is no disease that is mentioned in the Bible that is a better metaphor for sin than leprosy. Looking at uh, Easton's Bible Dictionary, it describes the disease this way. Hold on to your seats. This disease begins with specks on the eyelids and on the palms, gradually spreading over the body, bleaching the hair white wherever they appear, crusting the affected parts with white scales, causing terrible sores and swellings. From the skin, the disease eats inward to the bones, rotting the whole body piecemeal. And even today, with our modern technology, the word leper still strikes a note of fear. The lepers in our gospel were literally dead men walking. It was almost as if the decay of death set in before the body was actually dead. And lepers were outcasts because of their medical condition. Now lepers were also legal outcasts. The law, the law of Moses said, the leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair on his head hang loose. And he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. And he shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone, and his dwelling shall be outside the camp. And this is the reason that the lepers stood at a distance, because by law, they were not allowed to get near to anyone. Now, toward the end of today's gospel, we learned that one of the leopards, one of the lepers was even more of an outcast than the others. Where Luke records that one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Samaritans, as you may know, were below the bottom rung of the social ladder among the Jews. Many years before Jesus walked on this earth, the Assyrians defeated the tribes of northern Israel. They exiled the Israelites, and they brought pagans in to take their place. And the Samaritans were the descendants of unions between these pagans and the few Israelites who managed to stay in the land after the rest were exiled. And these people represented people who did not keep themselves pure. All the outcasts who lived in the first century 
out of all of those, the Samaritans were at the bottom of the social list. Now, both Ruth and the Samaritan, well, the Samaritan leper had a third strike against them. They were sinners, both of them. And in this respect, they are just like us and all other people in this world. We are all, every one of us, outcasts from the Garden of Eden. Now there's a problem that exists when everyone is an outcast. Because we are fallen people who live in a fallen world, there is no way for us to even know that we have fallen. There's no way for us to know that we're outcasts because everybody's just like us, sinners. And since the fallen world is all that we have ever known, we believe that we live in a perfectly healthy and normal world. There is nothing to indicate that anything is wrong. And it's not until the Holy Spirit shows us God's law that we realize that we are outcasts. When the Holy Spirit shows us our reflection in the mirror of God's law, we see that we have a very serious terminal disease. And even while we live physically, our spirits are rotten with sin. And just as a leper is a dead man walking, so the sinner is a damned man walking. And when the Holy Spirit opens our eyes and shows us the truth of God's law, we see that we are outcasts, sinners, spiritual lepers. And as spiritual lepers, we cannot enter the city of God. And so, we are doomed to spend our eternity in hell. Now, after the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to the law, we begin to feel the guilt that we so completely earned. And he opens our eyes and shows us the truth, the truth of the gospel. And when Jesus healed those ten lepers physically, he was making his way to Jerusalem to take their spiritual leprosy to the cross. And not just their spiritual leprosy, but from the time that he shed blood in his birth to the time his blood was poured out at his death, he, Jesus, carried the spiritual leprosy of the entire world. In Jerusalem, he would offer himself and he would become the cure for this disease by sacrificing himself on the cross. It is his resurrection from the dead that offers this cure to the world. 
And the story of the Samaritan leper actually has three miracles within it, three of them. First, there is the obvious healing miracle. Jesus healed their leprosy. Second, there is the miracle of breaking down the barrier between Jew and Samaritan. Jesus knew this man was a foreigner, but he healed him anyway. And then finally, there is the miracle of conversion. The healed Samaritan worshipped Jesus with thanksgiving. God opened the kingdom of heaven to this double outcast, this Samaritan leper. He welcomed him into his city. Now, most of us have heard this story many, many times in our lives, but have we ever thought about the outcasts in our lives? Let me share a more modern story that another pastor shared to his congregation. It's a contemporary happenstance with a similar theme, and perhaps you can relate. The pastor writes this, that during my teen years, we lived next door to a very interesting family. I never saw the father of this family without a can of beer in his hand. And mostly, he came outside to yell at his kids. Now, the son was also very interesting. He was an explosives expert. He mixed his own explosives from chemicals that he had in his basement, and he set them off in the backyard. And one time, he let me ride his motorcycle around the block. Oh, and he bragged. He bragged about the deal that he got on the motorcycle. And it was later that I realized that the reason that he got the bike so cheaply was that the person who sold it to him didn't legally own it. Now, many of us would be ready to label these people as outcasts, but God didn't do that. The pastor continues, many years later, after my parents had retired, they attended a Bible camp near their home. And imagine my parents' surprise when they met a few members of that, that outcast family they, that outcast family, are now members of a Lutheran congregation. And we didn't know it way back then, but they had been watching us. They watched and heard my father as he gathered us together for evening devotions after supper. They heard us sing, sing hymns. And the Holy Spirit used that experience in their lives to bring them into his church. And now they 
gather together with their children, and they sing hymns with them. Now, I don't think that my father was making any special effort to evangelize that family. He was just doing what the head of the house is supposed to do. That is, teach the faith to his household. And we had no idea that the Holy Spirit would use us in this way. So, who are the outcasts? Who are the outcasts in your life? Who are the people who make your life challenging? Who might be watching the love of God at work in your life? When Jesus, when Jesus healed the Samaritan leper, he not only opened the gospel to the Samaritans, but he opened the gospel to all people, including those who live in Southern California. And as God heals the leprosy of our sin, his love will fill us and overflow from us so that the lepers around us will learn about the Savior who healed us. And as people who were spiritual lepers, let us celebrate the love of God who healed us and share this good news with others. Let us recognize his goodness and give thanks for his compassion and praise his holy name because we can join with the Samaritan leper and praise God with a loud voice. In the name of Jesus, amen.
stand if you're able. Let us now confess together our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please pray with me for the whole Church of God and for all people according to their needs. Dear Heavenly Father, we humbly come before you to thank you for all that you have done for us. Thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy, your provision, your faithfulness, and your forgiveness. Thank you for being so patient with us. We are grateful that when we get off course, you are faithful to lovingly bring us back to you with great mercy. We pray that you would continue to guide us to faithfully follow Jesus, and we ask that you would help us faithfully serve one another in love Father, we thank you for this church family and for Pastor Ken. We ask that you would bless us and strengthen us and keep us healthy in body, mind, and spirit so that we can do all that you have called us to do. 
Heavenly Father, we lift up this nation to you. We are struggling in many ways, and we need your help. Lead us to repentance and help us turn away from every sin that causes trouble and pain. Father, we lift up our unsaved loved ones to you and ask that you would stir up their faith and reveal your love and goodness to them. Father, we ask that you would heal broken families that are torn apart by sin and bring love and reconciliation. Father, we lift up all caregivers to you and ask that you would renew their strength daily so that they would not become weary in doing good. Help us to give you our burdens and give us rest. Father, we lift up those who are homeless and displaced, those who are hungry, those who struggle with addictions, those who are abused, those who are victims of sex trafficking, those who are neglected, those who have broken hearts, those who are lonely, those in pain, those that are sick and anxious, those with disabilities, and those who mourn the loss of their loved ones. We ask for your healing balm to wash over all who are hurting and facing disease in body, mind, or spirit, especially those whom we name out loud or deep in our hearts. Wendy and Nancy, Randy and Pam, my dad George, my brother George, my brother Luke, Carol and Ken, Keen, Jackie, Valerie, and Tim, Eldred, Teresa. Father, help us never to forget all that you have done for us. Let us always praise you at all times, even in the hard times. Lord, grant your healing, hope, and strength, and bind up our wounds and strengthen us. You are our daily bread, and we rejoice in you. We praise you, and we thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Will you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through 
Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection he opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, take and drink, all of you. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the perfect prayer that our Lord Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Spiritual lepers. That's kind of uneasy feeling. But when we think about it, it's accurate. And were we not clothed in Christ through our baptism, by his good grace, we would be not only the walking dead, but the walking damned. But the good news is, is God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever should believe, that's you, should not perish but have everlasting life. And this is a down payment. This is a, a foretaste of the feast that is coming to all who should believe. Right now, we walk by faith. Absent this body, we will be face to face with Jesus Christ. So if that's your confession, and I heard you say it, then come, the table is prepared, and the ushers will bring you forward.
Um, last week, we closed with a song called In Jesus' Name. It's a prayer. And uh, when I had heard it the first time years ago, it touched me and it seemed to fit last week. And, and the truth is it fits every week. It fits every day. It fits every moment of our lives. And it's not just a song that we know that, even though it's a beautiful prayer, the truth is that our Father who art in heaven is singing over us. Google it. In the Bible, where does it say that God sings over his children? And you'll find it. He sings a song. He wants nothing but the best. And so we're going to close with this again today in Jesus' name. I pray that it blesses you. I pray that you share the back of your bulletin to anyone and everyone that you come across because I believe it is a blessing that you can give to them. And now the benediction, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I pray for your healing The circumstances would change I pray that the fear inside would flee In Jesus' name I pray that a breakthrough Would happen today
Jesus name oh in Jesus name 